Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. Thanks, sponsors, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, CompC.com, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Huggins and Scott, which is now part of REA. Congratulations to both to the Huggins family and the leadership at Huggins and Scott and to Brian and the team at REA. I think it's going to be a great connection. They do it a little bit differently. Uh, each one has something to add to the other. They'll be run separately, but uh, sounds good to me. And also Tops Panini and Upper Deck. And I, in case I didn't mention Heritage there, they are doing just fine as well. This is outtakes really about regulation. I was on Hobby Hotline a couple Saturdays ago, and I really don't control what topics are. And I'm a real big believer in self-regulation. I'm not real eager to have outside regulation of our industry. But in order to avoid that, we ought to do better self-regulation and just say no. And again, people should be innocent until proven guilty. People can make a mistake. But if they make repeated mistakes, not in your favor and bad actors, we want to get them out. So if there's enough evidence to convict them, then don't do business with them. And that's a better way than having the government step in and regulate the good guys. I want to regulate the bad guys. So here it is. And thanks, everybody. Uh, regulation. I know you do the dollar boxes and look for rare stuff. How many cards roughly will you come out of? by the end of Wednesday or Thursday or farther into the weekend? I try to pull 100 cards an hour. Okay. If I'm pulling 5 or 10 cards in an hour, then I'm in the wrong place. There are not enough nuggets in there. I'm not trying to get all 5 or $10 cards. If there's a 2 or $3 card that I like, I'll pick that up too. But yeah, 100 cards an hour. If I rate the quality of the dollar box, it's based on how many cards I'm pulling per hour. If my SUV isn't completely filled with boxes of cards on my drive home Sunday, it will be a disappointment. (laughs) By the way, you can get about 200,000 cards in a Suburban. There you go. (laughs) What's 100 an hour? Does that come out to 200,000 at the end of the day? No, 4,000 if you had 40 hours. (laughs) Best practices for the hobby. But Victor used the term oversight and regulation. I know we cringe at that. Everybody in the hobby seems to say they want some regulation, some oversight. And then TOPS puts out some rules, regulations, and oversight, and everybody in the hobby freaks out that there's oversight and regulation coming from TOPS. So where do we stand? There's some things we need to overcome before we can even think about hobby regulation, like a hobby coalition, basically creating a group of people that would give the hobby a voice. There have been attempts at that over the years, and they just haven't worked, Victor, because... It's just hard to get people to buy into that. I self-regulate in the sense that I only want to buy from people that I either know or trust and have a relationship with. And that's good. The problem is there's so many self-appointed experts, not just that, they're outstanding marketers and promoters. And so they have a loud megaphone, a voice, and have a following. And if their following just blindly follows them, they could be led astray. And so I just think you have to self-regulate. There's no substitute for having your own knowledge. There's a lot of wisdom in having many counselors, of having advice coming from different directions. It's going to be hard, Victor. I've been asked to be involved for decades now, since the probably early 80s, so probably over 40 years, there have been attempts at that. And it's never really caught on in spite of a lot of people being in favor of it. Fanatics is trying to do something. People would rather have it be bottom up than top down. But that's really hard. Yeah. There's this element of 
things that are illegal, things that are immoral, things that are unethical. So we really need a coalition to tell us that trimming cards is wrong or that shill bidding is wrong. We know that already. But there's also an element of personal preference, more under our own personal conviction. When people look at regulation, to Dr. Beckett's point, that's the bottom up that people want regulated because people don't trust the larger companies. When you say people know about shill bidding and trimming, that's just an accepted part of the hobby that we all live with that because not everybody's good enough to spot it or understand it. Should there be some sort of oversight that helps look for that? No entity has more to lose or to gain than fanatics. Okay, They're now the biggest player in the industry and they don't want bad stuff happening and people being disgruntled. They want people being happy, spending more money, telling their friends this is top down. They're going to try to exercise control over their vendors or those they want to do business with that do it their way. And here's the thing. They're going to get bigger. They're going to do more acquisitions. And all the things you mentioned, Danny, from one angle, it's monopolistic. In another angle, they don't have any control over vintage cards, which is a huge percentage of the market. There's always going to be other ways to buy and sell cards except through fanatics controlled entities so going down the antitrust or anti-monopoly stuff is pretty unlikely they don't own all the card shops they don't own all the distributors they produce the most popular brands of cards right now but not even all of those yeah if they bought panini and upper deck and leave i think that would be <laughs> so uh, that would be the step too far <laughs> brian gray is the tipping point I would think if they were to buy Panini, there's a lot of people that would say, fantastic, we get to keep all the brands and the names that we've gotten to know and love. On the other hand, the other half of the hobby community would say, it's way too far, it's way too much, it's a total monopoly, we have no independence as card buyers anymore. And when you talk about fanatics continuing to grow, which direction can they grow that's not going to cause outrage? They just bought PWCC. They yeah. can't win in that respect. But Hertz doesn't want Avis to go out of business. Coke doesn't want Pepsi to go out of business. So I don't think Fanatics wants Panini to go out of business, but they just want to be a very strong number one and grow their business. And they're trying to do that. Teaching some boundaries. I say it all the time that we're so against rules, but when rules are done correctly, they actually develop boundaries that give us the best practices. But a lot of times we think rules bind us, but rules actually give us freedom to operate within those boundaries. And I think establishing a set of best practices to educate the next generation, there might be some validity to it. We just got to get the right people on board to spread it. Victor, in a perfect world, you're right. But unfortunately, people don't pay attention to the rules until they get burned. I want spammers to be 1% or very small. Retail clothing places they have shrinkage, pilferage, petty theft, and that's just a cost of doing business. Mm -hmm. So in this industry, there's enough money. It'd be too easy if there weren't scammers out there. So there's scammers, and that's how you learn the rules. You learn, the, you learn the rules after you get burned. You say, I don't want to do that again. Otherwise, it'd be too easy. It is not a no-brainer hobby. We found that out increasingly over the last couple of years. Everything doesn't keep going up forever. 
If something seems like too good a deal, it might be too good a deal. Then you pay attention to the rules when you've been burned. Rex makes a good point. Breaking is really just gambling because you can literally get nothing for your money. Bounties and all the other add-ons really push the limits. Rex literally is the operative word there. You don't get nothing. It is gambling if you get something or nothing. But since you get something or something, you get either a, a not very good something or a pretty good something or a really good something, I guess there's some thought that's not gambling. You do get something for your money. You just don't get a good deal. If you're buying into a break also, pay attention to the rules of the break. Are they shipping all the cards, the base cards? And you do want to make sure you end up with something. In some breaks, you can end up with nothing. If yeah. nobody from your team, there are ways. And I think pretty much all the breakers that want to stay in business do some kind of a makeup thing, give them a free spot in the next one or something like that, because that's not good for business. Again, the dealers need to realize crime does not pay. And if they do, they're going to say, it's better for me to follow Victor's rules and to not get people burned because I'm going to lose business. And I think, Victor, that speaks to the whole point of the oversight. And Dr. Beck, you said they've been trying to do this back since the early 80s. Do you mind me asking just to follow up on what forms or is it trade associations? or They're more like trade associations. One of them try to do it just with dealers. One of them try to do it just with collectors. One of them try to do it with both. Again, the Chris Sewell, collector, investor, dealer in that order, almost everybody is in some order. <laughs> they are a collector, they are a dealer, they are an investor. Maybe they're very little investment, very little dealing, and they have conflicting priorities sometimes. So I'm not sure if I had complete power to set something up, whether I would do it just for collectors. In other words, like a buyer's collective. That would make sense, but it's really hard to gather a bunch of people to say, hey, we're going to try to get better terms and pricing because as a group, we want access to these products. And if you don't give us access, we're going to patronize some other product or some other company. That's difficult to pull off because people are renegades sometimes. It's, yeah, but I really want this product. Yeah, and I think a lot of it is so indicative into our culture today. There's such a, you're not going to tell me what to do type of attitude. Who gave you the power? Victor is generational. Since yeah. I began, people want to do what's right in their own mind. They'll listen to the rules, but then they want an exception for them. And But if you get burned by not following that rule, then you think, hey, maybe that was keeping me from getting burned. PwC a couple of years ago when they left eBay, that was the biggest story in the hobby for a month. Look where they are now. They've been purchased by fanatics. They're under different leadership. But they had a lot of business. They had connections with a lot of big money. People like to buy and sell. So they had something going there. And the regulation came from them being acquired. So now they're under new management, new ownership, and there'll be perhaps some stricter rules imposed. And when you're the boss in the corporate culture of the company, you can fire people that break the rules. You can't fire a customer as easily or right. do that. Same thing with backyard breaks. They're talked about a lot because they have a shtick. But if they were acquired or if they came under the Fanatics umbrella and Fanatics said, if you're going to live break under us, here are the things you're going to do. That's regulation, whether they own them or they require them. Even if it's them. just to keep your clothes on? They can show their belly buttons. Is doing.